0: Very extreme, you know, no, very and he's now starting to age. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially.
1: Um, what do you think about what's going on
0: with him and Jaden? Oh kids? no, that one. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not. And this is Will Smith. I'm talking about now, right? I'm not. I'm not opposed to finding the solution that works for you, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, like I keep. I keep saying this to certain people. If I'm sixty something. And my wife say, ah, she want to get a side boy. Oh, man, my only thing is, so long as it doesn't affect me health-wise, and it gives me permission to have my own side, <laughs> side gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very do me do kind of person. Um, and the whole, it works for the, for, from, again, you never know. Obviously, you're watching everything from the outside but from the perception of the out from the outside it works for them you know they have decided that they love each other but they need to do certain things to be able to sustain that everything else outside of that living together growing together all that sort of thing it's just that you know the society has a a, what's the word Uh, a benchmark for what something should be but individuals you know can set their own different benchmark.
1: Well, before we go too far into this man I go by the name Show YB, and welcome to the Kicking in Podcast.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah I have
1: like a very special guest in my house. <laughs> my brother
0: DJ <laughs> <E-J-M. laughs> From the, from the UK, from DJ from from, from, the UK. from the UK, DJM from the UK. Because
1: yesterday,
0: man, you said that Um Obi's house, at yesterday was late, man. Oh my! The funny thing is, let me not just go too deep into that, but these were songs that I would probably never ever play. Are you for real? For, uh, for bearing in mind, band. bearing in mind, what Obi said was alternative music, and I get that, but i want me i like groove is the songs that are hot right now that's what i'm used to you know when we are doing what we do most people that kind of patronize you because now i have the bar so it's not like i'm a dj djing at different parties it's more i have the venue space and people come in so the experience in its totality is my responsibility now whereas before if you're a dj it's like you know, you just come to whatever venue, whatever the sound system is there, whatever the equipment is there, whatever the service is there, it's out of your control. The and only can thing control, that control... Yeah, has, and you can
1: control everything yourself.
0: That's dope. The only thing you control is the music as at before, but now it's different. So for me, for the last couple of years, it's been about making sure that people come in and they like have a good time in terms of dancing, partying, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas with yesterday, it was more like a chilled vibe. Um, I'm choosing my words carefully. <laughs> no, but like what, what I think is,
1: what, what was your experience of like... Of
0: it, wasn't any, it wasn't any different from, say, London or Nottingham or England per se. The only thing I would say, and I said this before to a few people since I've come, that whole feel of, you know, you, your comfortability... You don't have to like, okay, now, for instance, in England, for most, well, for most black Africans who have kind of been there, like have that dual, uh, I wouldn't say personality, but but, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like I spent half my life in England. I've spent half my life in Nigeria. I spent my early years in, funny enough, Kogi, then Lagos, then Benin, then I've been in England. That's pretty much my life. But now as the years are going by, it's more about the culture of being in England, if that makes sense. So you now have to have this adaptation of as a, well, at least for me anyway, and I think it applies to quite a few black people. You're one way with a certain group of people. So your people you know, especially people who are black, especially are black Africans and understand your home culture or where you're coming from. And then you're a certain way to other people. So either the black British, or the Black Caribbean, although now though with the emergence of your the three kings I call them, your Berna, David Doo with and the music breaking barriers, it's all melting as one black people. But then also with white people too, you you move a bit differently. You have to or you, there's the perception of you have to behave in a certain way to get a certain result. Like, for instance, if I'm on the phone to get stuff with say maybe licensing or police or um, something important. Anyway, you speak a certain way. You know, you almost sound like people say, "Oh, you sound like you're white, as it were." Yeah. You know, but then when they see you in person, it's not what they expect. But coming into Lagos, coming into Nigeria, all of that just goes. Away. You should have that sense of comfortability of ah, I don't have to be anything but I, myself. I've I Nigeria is
1: like Nigeria is very Lagos is very vibey. We just like. Everybody's chill, laid back, you know, going with the flow, you know, like. And people, I also say that that's also in music as much as you know, mm. Nigerian music is hype.
0: It's still very
1: like vibey, very.
0: Well, it, I, what I would say is it's it's evolved because I have a reference point. So obviously, once we've been you know, we did what was the with them Ben Jack those days? Go they drum for yeah, for Loka. Exactly. Uh, is it or, yeah. or, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> so you've got that music era Yeah. then when I went yeah but vibe. you had yeah well it depends on how you look at it how you interpret it but where I was getting to was you had that then when I left uh, when I left in 2005 Came back in 2006 for like five days and I haven't been back to Nigeria till now, if that makes sense. So when I came back in 2006, the scene then was, you know, the, the band had just come back. Why me? Why me? Then Relay, who was in the... Funny enough, that's the other thing. When we went into... Um, when we went to, what you call it? When we, went, when we moved to England, you didn't... That affinity towards Afrobeats music, that affinity towards um, Afrobeats, as it were, then it wasn't even necessarily Afrobeats, it was Niger music. Niger- <laughs> <I> mean, <right? laughs> that affinity towards that wasn't there. I'm, I remember driving in my car, and I think the only thing that it was, for lack of a better word, palatable was Why Me. That was the only problem, because that's. that's st- twist. No, Oliver Tis was way after that. Yeah. But I mean as at 2006 because I started DJing around that time. By 2007, was when I really started DJing. So, but by 2006, the only thing you would listen to is why me, and then everything else was UK Garage. Mm. You wouldn't catch me play, oh, you don't hit uh, my car, or uh, you don't uh, repetit uh, exactly. Donayo Bounce was the, was the one then, but anyway, the point I was trying to make was <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it, you're almost ashamed to play nigerian yeah. music you know then so when i came to nigeria it was now up tempo you know yes you had tongolo that was a little bit but it was always the compared to your oh, or, so it evolved into that you started to see the injection of people who were exposed bringing more of that fusion which is what you know the likes of your Jazzy did and then fast forward to now where you have your whiz with the essence and the, you know, so it's always evolved. You know, there was an era of batipatipa music. Yeah? Yes, man. Um, Bangolo uh-huh. music, <laughs> there you go. You know, so I think it's more of an evolution. It's a reflection of um, how these artists, I think, interpret their environment.
1: Okay, so I'm going to ask you this. Do you think it's the music that evolved or do you think it's the people's mindset or? Yeah, culture of our our mindset of our culture.
0: So it's yeah. like chicken and egg, which came first. Mm. So I think with music, I think with the artists, it's always. Not always, but it's mostly a reflection of their environment. Even if it's copycat music. What I mean by copycat music, somebody does one style. It seems to be working. Everybody else jumps on it. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a, a piano. <laughs> piano. <laughs> <laughs> even with, that, they, oh. even
1: with um, Ghana High Life, we did that, uh, copied their dance.
0: One of, dance of my uh, friends. Okay, you know, I don't know if you saw at the party yesterday, um, Solly was there, Solly, had. she was in a group um CEO dancers one of the other dancers within CEO uh Nobile she just she's she's South African so she's starting in the music thing and it's doing really well for her and you know obviously our piano is you know their thing and I was on Instagram the other day and I saw her posted Nigerians I've come again (laughs) what is Afro piano I beg leave it for us it is i was that cracking about. up like yo listen nigerians everywhere we go we always are or at least in some way shape or form dominate or are the dominant gene as it were we see something we take it we make it work for us
1: it's our confidence man the way we will take it
0: <laughs> listen there's so many things. I'm because this is actually this is not a super enclosed conversation. <laughs> I've got to be cautious that there's no reference points, yeah. you know. But all in all, it's not a bad thing, you, not, know? Nah, not, so not, as, um, you know.
1: It's not. So far as you give credit to who credit is. Do you yeah,
0: it's standard? not a bad thing. But we are always wherever a Nigerian has a hand in something, especially if it's doing well. You would know it's a Nigerian.
1: I think calling music like like creating a subgenre like saying Afropian or whatever. I think it's actually respect to the real people that
0: practice Amapiano. No, I'd say that's open to interpretation because some people might see it as you know.
1: No, I'm so I'm my only interpretation. Yeah,
0: that's what I said. So, yeah, yeah. So like you're, you're like create like something. Mm-hmm.
1: And you are basically copying or maybe adding to it. I feel like if you come out and just say okay, like you're doing what I'm doing, mm. especially when my thing is the pioneering thing, mm-hmm. don't you feel that's like Jackie Meister? Why don't you be like okay, I'm copying, I'm copying, like, like some elements of my of of that Afropian or of Amapiano style? I mean, mm-hmm. what we do with Afrobeats, I'm using that together. because our music is not piano.
0: When we use those on the piano drums or whatever, is it though? Like it's, not, it's, it's again. Piano, it's so why hard isn't hard. it? Well. <laughs> is it? It's like saying, um, again. Before I go and cause Walla. this is no, my it's own no, opinion. It's not, it's just, no, no, it's but just I, ha- I have I have hard. friends in different. Let me know. Cause. No, but. It's your own <laughs> Well, I'll put it this way. It's like saying, okay, for instance, a white person doing Afrobeats and you say it's not Afrobeats. Drake's One Dance. Is that Afrobeats? Mm-hmm. You can argue. Some people say it's dancehall. It's this. It's, that. it's mean, a fusion. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's all relative. Ah, um, which other song? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That Swelly? Yeah, you know, there are so many like, okay, the house vibe that Drake, I played it yesterday. I was asking him, what was this song that Swelly um, did? It didn't come to Bill. Is it Wombly or something with Drake? Yeah. Up-tempo. What would you right, call yeah. that? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. What yeah. would you call that? So, would you say because the person is in Nigerian or African, it's not Afrobeats? Not necessarily. You look at the definition, the original definition of Afrobeats on Wikipedia. You know, fusion of jazz, this, 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 with a touch of Yoruba. Yeah. That is for that Afrobeats that you create. It's actually with. about like,
1: the drums, it's about it's the t- percussions, the patterns that you play, the rhythm.
0: So, and even at then, for the longest while, it's only because there is other argument or not argument but this other um, point of view that you know it's in the uk that afrobeats so with yes now emerged because there were a lot of africans doing music um, and there was no sort of genre to kind of you know put it under you couldn't say it was quite R and then they just put it all under as afrobeats you know so there's always the argument of oh, when you ask an artist what genre, especially if you're an African, what genre some would say, oh, I don't just do, I do Afro pop, but to me it's all just music. So long as it, and that's the beauty of internet, that's the beauty of streaming. It's all just sort of merging into one way, you can't tell the difference, and it's just music.
1: To be fair, the only reason why we even really like music into genres is for the sake of, let's say, maybe...
0: Labelling, yeah, like you know, like, you know, you're going, not even that, just basic simple things like labelling. You want to go on a streaming service and find a particular thing. You look via genre, yeah. So it's just to kind of put some sort of identity to kind of label, but ultimately when music is good, music is good, you know. Yeah, if some people say, oh, what do you play? Like when I go out because because I, I have a very diverse sort of, for lack of a better way of putting it, say clientele type thing. I can do, I did, I remember at uni, I was doing like a, the Indian society where all of the music was, you know, their Bollywood style. I didn't understand one bit of any of the songs. All I did, go to YouTube, look at the views, look at the comments. Okay, this is positive. That's track one, draft track two. Label it in a way I was doing. With DJing, it's quite simple. You're mixing based on BPM for the most part. Now you have all the BPM counters on your softwares. And back when I first learned, you know, you would take the vinyl and you'd be, you'd be listening and you'd be counting the bit and then you would now record that on top to know what the BPM is. And, you know, a lot of the, the cataloging you would do is all now on the laptop and it's all now a lot easier type thing. So once I did all of that, I played the Indian whatever, I knew none of the songs, but by the end of that, oh yeah, good DJ. People have fun Exactly. You know, so it's all down to the research and everything else. So the point... What I was forgetting that was, you know, some people will ask me, oh, what genre do you play? I'm like, look, I play for and wear anything that pays. (laughs) So long as you're paying and I can do the work, I'm playing. So, you know, but it is what it is, man. DJing has been fun. It's evolved over the years for me.
1: But that? has that also been for you, like, that journey, deciding to be a DJ? Because, of course, I know you very well. I know you're like... You know, you went to uni, studied,
0: like... Engineering, engineering yeah. Engineering, I've, pr- you know. I've never practiced one day. <laughs> it's still in my mother's prayer points. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But, do you know, I see that as a blessing, though, because, you know, with vodka, that's what I try to do. I try to just let people, um like, listen, because, of course, you know, our society, our society is very um hard on kids that don't really... Are they do still? I, I'm... Trust me, they still are. But mm-hmm. like I always tell people, is you have to, whatever field you decide to, if you decide to be sound, if you decide to like work in the creative, mm-hmm. you know, all your parents or whatever it is that like your or like your.
0: Why do you. Okay, let you, me now be the inter, Why yeah. do you think that is?
1: So that's what, that's what I'm getting yeah, to. yeah. So I'm saying, if you decide to do music, you decide to do something creative, mm-hmm. we all know that culturally, mm-hmm. it's not, it's frowned upon.
0: Yeah, in but no, my, my no, question no, no, is... I'm what? Yeah, okay, go I'm on. I'm just okay. trying to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Premise, yeah, yeah. What you're is
1: frowned upon. Mm-hmm. So for you to decide to want to do that, mm. I think it's up to you to
0: prove... You know, that it can work. Yeah, that it can work, exactly. I think I, I think
1: you've done that, you know.
0: Uh, I'd say yes, but then it's also relative, and I'll get to that point. What I was trying to get get at when I was asking you why that is, I think, because in my family, like in my extended family... A huge amount of doctors. Mm. In my family, growing up, you had two options: either you're a doctor or something else that's an academic. Yeah, and here. that that reference was always that's because the same up, your <laughs> there right. you go. Yeah. But that was always because all of the doctors within our family generally did well. Nice. You know, it was a stable. Someone is always sick. You'd always get paid to be there. Still, them.
1: African African parents want you to do a steady, structured environment right?
0: like. You know. Sure and prove it's yeah. the thing that the education to them had been proven to be an avenue where you can li- live a comfortable life as a result and so on. It's only now with the likes of your Three Kings and so on that have shown that actually within entertainment. I, I, I don't even want to focus on Three Kings because
1: I live here yeah. in Nigeria. I see so many other people apart from the three kings actually still like when being, being successful. Oh, yes. Place. Again,
0: but again, okay, now leading me to the other point where we're you saying that. Use, use
1: three of them as references.
0: Yeah, but I use them as a reference of obviously that's those are the highest levels at the moment. Yeah, there will be Some someone else impact. in another 10 years, 15 years that probably smash also, their so, records. So, the reason why I,
1: I don't really like to focus on like Burners, David Dole, mm-hmm. um, let even go to movies, let's say the Kunlea for Lions, mm-hmm. let's say like all like top of the top is because we then. There's a probability of them like putting pressure on people that if you are not as successful as.
0: Those oh no no no! Just, yeah okay. In, in, so so now now decision. let me let me let me now give you my reference yes. right. These three kings were not always kings, yeah. and us that were abroad, especially for the, for lack of a better way, I can use that old reference to that. So I'm going to say for lack of a better word, a lot this, mm-hmm. on this on mm-hmm. this in this conversation, but I. Knew where their international journey started when nobody knew who they were and how they've grown. You know, I always make make a joke about. You know, I got offered uh, David O booking for fifteen hundred, and I said, nah, I'm not interested. Not worth it." And then I always now regret it in the sense of, you know, what if I'd done that, built a relationship and it was there just when, he started the when he only and had Duro. Do You know what I mean? And at that point, we were DJing. The money that we were going to pay at fifteen hundred from 15 people from uh 150 people at 10 pounds would make that money anyway without by just saying that i'm djing (laughs) do you know what i mean so at that point it didn't seem but there were a group of people who especially the londoners because i'd moved to nottingham at that time who kind of you know saw the the, well i wouldn't say saw the vision vision. they they just took a yeah do you know what i mean And it kind of paid off. And they're now sort of benefiting from all of those relationships that have been built. You know, everybody is now in that era of where I started I was slightly younger. So I'll give you the context. The era where I started DJing. So when I started DJing, I used to play UK Garage. So let's go back to the DJ journey now. I started DJing, I used to play UK Garage. Afrobeats wasn't really a thing I was interested at the time. It was when I went to Nottingham for Abiyah's birthday, I think. Me and Tete, then, okay, even backtrack before when I started DJing, it was me and Tete. I was, DJ, DJM came from production. I used to make beats. That's where that came from. So in college, every London boy was wanted to do music, wanted to rap or make beats. I tried rap, it was a bit whack. I tried dancing, it wasn't say the best, but I tried production and it was okay. You know, you're on free, uh, frizzy loops and reason and all of that jazz. So when I was at college, you know, because I'd bring the laptop and the mics and the mixer and all of that jazz, they were always calling me DJM. So that's where DJM came from, not actually being a DJ, but a producer. But then I reconnected with Tete Adike, Tay Chaplin yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, in Leicester. And he was producing. So for every beat I produce, Tete had a beat that was 20 times better. <laughs> I would hide my laptop, you know, and I'm very competitive. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I always wanted to be just as good or better than Tete. Yeah. And that pushed me. So when we then, you know, we were then, we bonded over music, basically, and we became really close. So then I started, you know, try DJing. And Tete tried DJing. And he wasn't great at DJing, and I was better. I was like, okay, let me stick to this one. So that's the sort of technical side. The other side that got me into DJing, because uh, I used to be this... Uh, because I, I didn't start uni around when everybody in our set start, started. Yeah, had time. I had two two years off. I had my an admission and I took two years out of school. You know, I started DJing a little bit, traveling and all that. But for the most part, I literally just partied. I was in every other club. I had a little job at Subway. Because my, my, my dad lived in Nigeria, worked here back and forth. And my mom lived in England. So my mother would never fund. Anything that was alcohol-related or party-related. She's very super religious. And she also had the other rule, was an unspoken rule. If you leave my house in the daytime, come back to my house in the daytime. (laughs) So I had to fund all of this. So I was funding funding it through like a part-time job at Subway. Worked there for some time. Whatever money I made, I was always in the clubs. So I was the guy in the super clubs where on the podiums, girls are dancing, I'll climb up, dance with them. I was white. Well, <laughs> but then after a while, it got boring. And then I remember I was trying to talk to this girl, I whether well, she was white or Asian, I can't remember, but I spent quite some time in the club trying to get her number, <clears throat> trying to get her number. She was, you know, doing Shakara for me. Next thing, some guy just brought out a phone didn't even say a word, pointed to the phone. Got to put a number in and that was it. Turns out, who's that guy, the DJ? I said, ah, I want to be that guy. (laughs) (laughs) So a combination of that and then learning a little bit how to DJ um, and then the push from being, wanting to be competitive with Tete led me into, me and Tete forming like a group. I was the DJ, he was the producer. We started this thing on Facebook, Add Me Please Promotions. And we did our first party in Leicester. Tete always reminds me this thing every every time we hang out. Did our first party in Leicester, November 2008, I'll never forget. We were hoping to get like a 1,000 people. We got 350 people. Now, don't get me wrong. It was still, because of the way the venue was, it didn't look bad. But it's just that our expectations didn't match. And I remember after DJing, at the end of the night, I took the microphone and I made an announcement. I said, Thank you all, guys, for coming. We really appreciate the support. There's so much stress organizing this. This is the last party I'm ever going to do. I don't think I'm ever going to do this again. This was. <laughs>
1: your first time <and> last
0: time? <laughs> no, this was how many years ago? 2008, where were we? 2021?
1: Yeah. I'm, saying I'm That was like the first party you organized. That was the first party like, you
0: quit. No, I continued. This no, is what I, like I In your mind. Like, yeah, yeah, I, in I, my like, mind, yeah. In my mind then, yeah. I was deflated. Unbeknownst to me, I went on to try, 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 and obviously kept on. So, point being, like, you know, you do the first thing. Nothing the first time you ever do works. Work. That I've learned over the years. Facts. Nothing right. the first time you ever do works. Like, I had my first bar. On the outside, it looked su- successful. But in reality, it actually failed in some instances. Financially, it failed. From a brand perspective and, you know, possibility perspective, it worked. But the most important but thing, you failed.
1: Know, like, so t- I also try to um, also make, like, let people know that you just like I said, like a lot of things you start for the first time you fail, understanding that there are a lot of things you learn from that failure and carry
0: on. Oh, into most, 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 you know, most, 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 to, most, I, most definitely. Like, like preach. And once you realize that you're not afraid to fail, yeah. like for instance, I've come to Lagos now, right? I've seen certain things, and in my head, I'm like, actually, this time next year, this time next two years, I want to be at a certain point, i.e., you know, I have something that brings me to Lagos at least once a year. The thing pays for me in Lagos and whatever, whatever. Yeah. So I've now set my mind to it. Now, because of my past experiences, I know that it will happen. It may not necessarily happen in the timescale that I want, but I know that it will happen. Because so far, everything I've ever wanted to do, I've done. Yeah, what is the universe, <laughs> Everything, everything you know. I've ever wanted to do. So once you get to that realization that actually, you just need to put work in and you get there eventually. Bro, you'd, you know, you'd just take your step and go through the motions and when you get there, you wouldn't even realize when you're there until someone touches you and say, ah, look at what you've done and then you reflect. So bringing me back to, you know, Tete when we first started that first party and he keeps, always remember when he said, we did it, it was called one pound rate. One of the reasons why we're, I've just remembered now, one of the reasons why we're angry is because we had so many people in there but we charged, we got the idea from a different party We charged a pound. So where we would have made a lot of money, we didn't necessarily make a lot of money. And we could have actually charged, but we were sticking to the whole concept of one pound rave. you know, That's what it was and all that kind of jazz. But we learned from there. And then obviously over time, me and Tete went our separate, we're still very good friends, went our separate ways. And then for like a whole year, I think the year of 2009, I tried everything. I'd started uni by then. All my parties flopped. Like, I'd have maybe like 20 people, 30 people, when I booked a room for like, three, even my birthday party, my 20th birthday party, when I did it in London. I remember if Obike is listening to this, obK was the only IC that came then. Um, even until I tell that I was supposedly my best friend at the time, didn't even come. You know, I remember my mom gave me some money to throw the party. This was in Farndon, an Exo was a club, if I remember correctly. And then I, it's like she expected it to flop anyway. Mm-hmm. So when I came back home, I was like, ah, nobody came. I even cried. She was like, <laughs> ah, betting <laughs> me. I was so heartbroken. But then the next year, my 21st, the guy that, I don't know if you met, that was in suit that said me partner, no yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. you know. Somehow, somehow we connected together and I did the party with him. We had 400 people inside his 400 capacity venue and another 200 outside waiting to get in who could not get in. That was my, if he's listening to this and he knows anyway, that was my first successful party. There were a lot of things I learned from him and a lot of things he learned from me, you know, and as Nigerians we connected. You see what I mean by that? And it was so successful and I haven't had a flop as such since then. Because there are things you like you would know in advance. Okay, if this is going to flop, how do you readjust to make it? Because a flop is relative. A flop is not. If ten people came, and it cost you nothing, and you still made a profit, to me that's not a flop. Do you get what I mean? So it's to how to adjust. And now
1: you. You grow older. You grow. Older, manage your
0: expectations. And you even really start understanding
1: the business of of throwing parties now. No. compared to when you're throwing it for one pound and you told you If you had to maybe charge 10 pounds, with 350 people probably have,
0: like, done would have turned the nah. profit. No, see, it's, it's the learning experience. Exactly. You get to a point, and even now, so it evolved. So continuing the DJ journey, so it got to the point where the parties were now making sense. So this was, what, 2010? I think it was 2010, yeah. 2010, my birthday March. Yeah, 2010, March. So by 2010, September, I was running a so-called, well, everybody, they scan their parents. Mm. Basically, I was getting pocket money as well as student loan and student uh, allowance and all that. So obviously within the UK, you get like a grant, yeah, maintenance grant, get loans. But well, my parents, we'll my parents, my, yes, but my parents didn't know that. <laughs> so they were also giving me the equivalent pocket money. Yeah. So I was a student with quite a bit of money and nothing to do. So I said, okay, let's, let's, let's do an artist. I did a Marion. I booked a Marion, brought him down. Again, managing expectations. I thought I went to go and do Pass by Power. I booked like a thousand capacity venue, um, you know, thinking, oh, he's a Marion. But then I did it on a Tuesday, which is a weekday. Um, to go go to as well. not even that it was there's a whole different conversation about yeah. black events in the uk but that's a different conversation especially as you start to leave out london in terms of perception and um, resources available mm-hmm. but anyway i did it on tuesday which competed with another guy who was doing like another student night on tuesday He was sold out two thousand people in he had no artists just djs i had a amaran and only had about 300 and something people in you know, the video is always online somewhere, but that was my first and last American artist. And that was the first and last time I did any party on the weekend. <laughs> 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 but again, a learning experience because the friends, well, the, the, yes, friends, because there are a few friends I have from then and I'm still friends with till today. But the connections, more importantly, that I got from that helped me move on to the next. And we tried Afrobeats next. What happened? I was in a party on Monday, so I went back after the whole artist thing, I went back to the formula that I know, me just DJing and getting people to come, which is low capital investment. And i make my profit from there. And um, we did a party on the same day as another guy who did his birthday party. And for the longest time with all the Nigerians that were competing with me then, the logic dictated that, look, we could just come together, reduce our costs and do one massive party. So this guy, clocked on that he was a bit older you know and he had just about finished his bastards I think I was in my final year and it was like bro we both did a party on the same day both full why not get one venue and just replicate the same thing so this is where we started Afrobeat not which was ironically a rip from Daniel Toberi and a group of people in Sheffield then who used to do Afrobeats you know, they even tried to sue me from, wow, from Nigeria. Guys, not, not, not Daniel, no. Yeah. But his guys. Yeah. That's, oh, I'm ripping up. But like when they called the venue, uh, the guy that's there was like, Afrobeats is a genre. You don't. It's you don't like saying you are yeah, suing someone for calling something water. Yeah. Do you get? So that's how that did it there. But anyway, so brought it Afrobeats. We did the first one. We brought an artist, Trudy K. No, not Chudike. Chudike was later. Um, YQ. Mm. He had that song, I Love Girls. Yeah. I love we then, yeah. then like realised that pe- people knew I Love Girls, but didn't know who Chudike was. So no, 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 YQ. He- <laughs> Sorry, not Chudike, YQ. So he's performing, but they don't recognise the face. They recognise the song. So we thought, actually, we didn't need the artist. We could have just played the song and made the money. Because what happened, they gave us a little room, 250 cats. We had within a super club. So you have a super club with different rooms. They gave us the top VIP penthouse room, 250 people it held. We had 250 people there, 250 people waiting outside to get in who couldn't get in. Next thing, the manager, and this was in the recession time where you you had had the 2008 crash. So businesses were starting to recover. This was 2011 now. So the venue was struggling. That was why they were accommodating black related events anyway. But the manager saw like, look, you were almost hitting 500 that came to the premises. Are you interested in, you know, using the venue, the full venue, which is almost 1,500? We're like, okay, yeah, let's try it. November, we then do to see, And I remember this vividly. I was coming out of my apartment. I bumped into one of the student girls. She's still on my Instagram, funny enough. This was 2011. And she was like, Em, a lot of people are coming for this party. Me, I was just hoping to get at least 500 people to cover my costs. I was like, are you sure? Uh, That's what everybody's saying. Really, a lot of people are coming for this party. I get to the venue, we build up to just before need to see performs. I look up, I'm DJing. I'm seeing wow. Over fifteen hundred people in the space. For me, that was a big deal. And
1: what's the capacity of
0: the full capacity, multiple rooms? Like all you could see was it was like when you went out, right? for a super club event with white people and how their events are full. But this was not just for black people, but for Afrobeats music. You know, music that used to be a niche. (laughs) Then and there, you can then see that,
1: like, wow. And, go on. Then and there, you can then see that, okay, the genre is growing. music.
0: Oh, yes, so this was the time. I remember when I got introduced to, Nancy was Kinney Big Deal. That was early on, you know, it was like... It was like the cool Ajibota kids type. There are A lot of young
1: kids are listening to this podcast. We even know what you're talking about. We're you. <laughs> but these I, were the I, I,
0: early. But I, 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 are young guys. Though. But these I were know. But who? But who broke? Who broke David O? It was nice yeah. to see. Backward, back. You know. So that's the era I'm coming from in terms of at least for my group of people that were involved in the Afrobeats scene. In England. That's the area I'm coming from. Because then what I then did, uh, what I, what gave me relationships where with all the big players I have relationships, probably not as strong as they were then, but the relationship was, I would do the visas myself, I would get the artists, I would pay for their flights and when they come to England, I would then sell them to different people. Yeah. So I would always know that, okay, if I'm going to do Nottingham, Nottingham is a smaller city and can't afford, so Birmingham has to be on ground. I'd have my connect in Birmingham. I have my connect in London. I have my connect in Sheffield. I have my connect in Liverpool. I have my connect in Wales. Cardiff, sorry, which is in Wales. And I know these are all the cities that did. Uh or I buy from someone else. So we built relationships off of that. Went on to do NATO C twice, sold out both times. This was when he did the 10 over 10, 10 you know, over 10. NATO C was
1: the hottest thing in Nigeria on point. NATO C Chukwu... The, um, there you go. World famous academy.
0: Did um Tony Montana? These are songs I've yeah. even forgotten about. Tony Montana with the band. When he did that revamp, then I booked him again. Yeah, you know. And then in between that, I also did Tiwa. I did Source Kid. I did, 2Dk. I did. I did Ice Prince at one point, but it fell through. I think there was an issue with the visa, and then I was a bit scared that I wouldn't get my money back. Yeah. And then I think three or four months later, Chocolate City paid the money back, wow. and I was I was actually impressed by that because these are people I have no reach on yeah. <laughs> they're somewhere in Nigeria, but they care about yeah, brands. Sure. Shout out to Chocolate City, like I know a few people
1: from that camp, and like like they're people that they're stand up guys, you know, like
0: at that time it was you know um, there's always a even till now there's always a perception of Nigeria that uh, yes there's the good parts of. The Nigerian culture, but then they're also the 419 scamming parts oh, so of right. Nigeria. So when you see
1: guys, and especially in this industry that you're in,
0: mm. you know, the industry that
1: you're in, a lot of people, these people, they have bills. once so money touches their hands, it's
0: very, di- it's very difficult. So that was the fear. Mm. But they gave the money back. And then at that point, I think we were contemplating there at one point. But then it was getting to a point where we're booking all these artists. But then a lot of the revenue was going to pay for the artist. So we were getting the popularity, we were getting the numbers, but the real money wasn't really coming to our pockets. So he then got to appoint me and my partner. And then, then at that time, I was a student becoming a graduate. So while I was a student, between me and my partner, he was already working, he had finished his masters. He would bring 70% of the money and do 30% of the work. I would do 70% of the work and bring 30% of the money. But when I graduated and I had my graduate job and I was working, I was like, "Bro, it's not money I need for me now. It's actual work because it's getting bigger, you know." And then when he couldn't really kind of commit to the work because of his other commitments, um, you know, we kind of, in a way, went our separate ways. But because I built the brand, you know, that's why branding is very important and controlling your branding is also very important. I walked away with the brand, so I went on to do you know, parties where it was now no longer the art about the artist. I think that the tour that I did that made me kind of take a break was the one I did with Lynx. Um, made quite a bit of money, but then I spent the money on things that, again, inexperience made me spend on. And ironically, at the end of it, his manager, Chin, then, you know, pulled me to the side when it was all over and said, actually, in reality, this is the things you should have done um but are spending money on us are we going to (laughs) you know like for instance we're in one car and i was like funny enough how i met obi you know you know like oh no we need two cars or no we need this or we need nine of every day you know and again i'm a very kind of guy where you know that likability. i like it i want people to like me so i'm saying yes to everything and it's a lesson learned because after that fact, <laughs> I, <laughs> I shop up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's dope. So, like, uh,
1: now, so, like, 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 tell the people what you do now. So the now evolution, okay, yeah. Because now the evolution from, is,
0: is. So it started from DJing. Yeah,
1: because someone would, like, listen and think, oh, yeah, part you're still...
0: No, no, I've evolved, I've evolved that, away you know. from that. Um, I, I was contemplating going back into it, but again, it's that whole... Is it really worth it for me and also it's a young man's game. I'm not old old, but I'm on the third floor. and before you know it, the floor floor is coming around the corner. Exactly. you know then you have kids to worry about a wife and all that. I'm not married yet I have no kids, so I can still be living the baby boy lifestyle. Yeah. But I'm the first child to a little bit of that whole Nigerian pressure. Where we leave my look at <laughs> sat- <laughs> Look at Saturday, my cousin who's a year or two older than me just proposed. So there's a picture of me, him passing me the engagement as in passing the baton yeah. <laughs> saying I'm next. You know, so I had to evolve into a business model that's sustainable where it still allows me to DJ. Yeah. You know. But it went from, you know, liking music, practicing and becoming a DJ. Then at one point early on, I was paying people to throw parties to book me. So when I was struggling to get bookings, what I would do is I'll get say five people because I had spare money at that time you know I said I was scamming my parents I'll give this person 500 500 500 throw a party and say you're booking DJM so it to the outside world the perception is "Ah, who's this DJ that they're booking everywhere not knowing they're all my parties you know behind the scenes and then obviously after a while I was feeling these people's not carriers but like images so you know it seemed like these are the people doing the party they started to get a bit too cocky. I was like, do you know what? What do I need you for? So I then took it from them and then became the promoter. So I evolved from the DJ to the promoter. And when I lost, you know, a few bits and bobs here and there, I took a little break, went back into the nine to five thing. But then I was very miserable. I think I then came back for a short period when I did a Files tour. And the Files tour was the last one I did. And I said, you know what? Now nah, it has to be a sustainable thing. So I went back into the nine to five again briefly with the goal of um, getting my own space to do events. And one of the other things that fueled it was in the city that I lived, there was a perception that black events were a certain way, violent, high risk, all that sort of jazz. So you'd struggle to get venues. So that fueled the passion to actually get your own venue. So by 2017, you know, I was able to get a venue, it was a bad deal. We didn't know at the time, but we were so desperate. And I say we, I had a business partner who I then teamed up with at that time, you know, and we just jumped on it. And in the space of a year, two years, we're the hottest place for you know, black people to come. I remember being offered Naramali. Mm. They had booked, um, this was when, um, not years ago, I think it was when Sophie came out actually, yeah. years ago, And I think they had paid him to do a show somewhere. But then he missed the show, so he had to do a makeup show. So they were looking for anywhere to so just put it. And they rang me. Oh, who's the guy in Nottingham? They rang me. And I thought, I bring my lad my to my venue. You know, whatever money I pay for anything, if I put that money in alcohol, <laughs> I would get times three. <laughs> I'm like, if it's not free and I'm giving I'm not really interested. You know. So I evolved into that space of thinking more about um, a service based business where um i still get to dj but then there's now a business element that gives me constant revenue now the first business lots of lessons learned in terms of how you run the business managing your capital versus your capital investment versus return and so on now over the pandemic we learned that lesson and now you know we've downsized into a space that makes sense it this okay. So we're now, <laughs> if you're in Nottingham, you don't, even, you don't even need to look. When you just ask, where is the black place I need to go to? It would always react to me. And that's things, things I've spent years building. Like if you come to Nottingham, I even dj for, uh, this is when, what's his, uh, Prince William and, uh, what's the scale, and uh, Meghan Markle. Yeah. When they came into Nottingham as part of their tour, you know, all the, all the, the charity, <coughs> all the charity all the charity that uh, ran amazing. the yeah. ran the event itself did was just googled Africa African Music Nottingham first thing that comes up is me you know my company Afrobeats Afrobeats Nottingham booked very simple transaction oh we're looking for DJ to do an Africa Day type thing booked I, know, I have a video somewhere of Fuse, actually it was Fuse actually yeah. that got a hold of the video of me playing while prince harry is i said prince william is prince harry sorry my bad our prince harry is dancing to you know the music i'm playing and all that kind of jazz that's
1: like something that you would that's something something you tell your kids
0: that is still on my website today (laughs) even though he's no longer he's still a prince but even though he's ran to america now and you know denounce whatever whatever But, but the point being I focus more on oh, I need to get some water now because I've been talking with you. Yeah, oh, <laughs> okay, so before we were rudely interrupted <laughs> in my dry truth. Oh, <laughs> it's all good, bro. <clears throat> right. So I should have, have given you I
1: should offered you something.
0: Nah, you it's when you, when you're been talking for a while, when yeah. your mouth gets dry, all that kind of jazz. But anyway, so, you know, we had the whole, I think it's on the website, I haven't even plugged the website, yeah. afrobeatnotts.com, Afrobeats, that's Afrobeat, and there's no S, N-O-T-T-S, it's not social for Nottingham. Yeah, so anything that... Um, <laughs> afrobeatnotts.com. So once you go,
1: once you um, come to Nottingham, I mean, you're trying to have a good time,
0: that's... Just that, Google Afrobeat, pop up you, well, should, you should check out. Google, well, at the moment, the bar we have now is Wax Bar. Yeah. It's like a cocktail bar, we even do jollof rice. Yeah. Plantain, or that I, I I cooked something cooked the jello fries, rice and <laughs> it was
1: <laughs> you wear many hats then.
0: I didn't start off cooking the jello fries, <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> condition microfish <make, laughs> bend, <laughs> you know. And that's the thing. So skipping past the whole entire thing, that was the DJ thing, you've built the brand. Mm-hmm. So I when I went into it, so rather than doing the artist-based thing, I went into a service-based thing where you're off offering a recurring service that people buy into that's a bit more affordable. So food and drink and music, and then you can get them on a regular basis. Like I remember when I first started, we were doing it monthly, you know, the alphabet parties and people were saying, oh, it would never work uh, monthly. It's too, you know, because in that time, it was once every term or once every three months and all that. Even before that time or just before that time, so your 2007s and so on, An Afrobeats party was like almost seen to be, was seen to be like an almost impossible thing in that playing just Afrobeats throughout the party. Because the argument was that there was not enough songs (laughs) that you'd have to mix it up with. But then someone came, did it. And it evolved from Afrobeats party to Afrobeats parties. Then it evolved from termly to monthly. Now I do it twice a week, (laughs) (laughs) every week. You know, and I'm pretty sure it'll probably very soon evolve to every day. Every day, yeah. You know what I mean? That's so that's what it is here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But yeah, but you have, you see, you have, for you guys, Afrobeats is not the Afrobeats for us. Yes. For you guys, Afrobeats is just music. Yes. It's what's on your television. It's what's on your, you know. But for us, it's still a niche. And as big as your whiz kids are. Your burners, it is still a niche. So when you say that, <clears> imagine, <throat> remember when
1: we were kids, remember when we were in high school, when we used to have socials?
0: I mean, they would never play a Nigerian song. I don't remember. The big the, the song that sticks in my head. Was
1: Galala that is okay, or stuff No,
0: not like even that. that. The songs, the songs that stick in my head from IC socials was uh Kevin Little tell me on.
1: But that wasn't that wasn't even a Nigerian song. I
0: know, the point being Nigerian songs were not. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so if we here in Africa could bro, Jaru 50 Cent. Yeah, but then you forget
0: this is music made by us. I think the biggest thing that's helped it no, no
1: My point is, yeah. this is Nigeria, where that's not the dominant culture. But that was the music that was played every day, all day. I remember when I started going to the clubs at 15, 16, where I would go to Eleven Forty Five. 45. Yeah. I would go to you know, Black Pearl. Yeah. All them clubs on the island, they played no Nigerian music. They started playing Nigerian <laughs> music, maybe... If they would even play Nigerian music, probably at the end of the night when they're trying to
0: So why do you? Okay, so question then. Why do you think that changed?
1: I just think over time we just started the music got better. One
0: quality got better. Yeah, quality got better.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and we we just related to it a lot more. You know, I really can't really you can keep, identify yeah, identify. I really could not just. I really can't really pinpoint it. Like I remember vividly, really the era was.
0: Two-Face, you know, where we could go. Which out. Two-Face era? Because I, I remember. I remember. Remember the class to grace era? I, I remember, remember Two-Face with braids. No, no, no. I'm talking about. No, <laughs> that when I keep it. telling people, I remember Two-Face because I lived in Sue Larry <laughs> next to Philip, Philip Trimel Studios. Yeah. So we saw from Papa Jasko to I remember Two-Face. Yeah. This was before with the Braids. Like,
1: this, was, this was after he lost yeah, the hairline. <laughs> i talking about the class to grace, you know, African <coughs> Queen time. And then, like, because I lived in Lagos, I lived in Lagos throughout, so I basically saw the, you know,
0: the evolution or, Yeah, you know,
1: people actually be like, you know what, don't play me that American music, play me more Two Fates, play me more the band, you know, and the band helped as well, Yeah, know, the, the band era, you know, the... the
0: more Heat era. More Heat
1: oh lord, the, the more era <laughs> pretty much changed, and they were the first people to start doing, sh- I'm not going to come out and say first, but those were the people I can remember. That started doing shows abroad even if there were small shows but you know they took the leap of it the band was from was like a giant guy it
0: was a giant guy I went back exactly. same thing done Don exactly. that used to play drums or something so I think so, so so
1: they did that you know you know the era where you know they and then when they signed to good music i remember when they signed to good music and they came back to nigeria and big sean came pusha T came i think the only person that didn't come from good music then was was kanye
0: that was like... Kanye, so I think if I remember correctly, when they did the Oliver Twist, it
1: was or Swam yeah. Song,
0: not even the video, I don't, again, let me, I might be wrong, but I think when the band did a show, one of the big shows then, I think Kanye made a surprise performance, if I'm mistaken, or at least there was a perception that Kanye might. Yeah. But again, all of that helped with the packaging. No, it did, it did. You know, and that... Like we uh, <laughs> like
1: call the the branding. The branding, there we go. Let's the use brand. the right it's term. It's very important as well. The internet. The rise of the internet.
0: Oh, that's what's helping now. Streaming.
1: Right. It's the, deeper than even the streaming. The fact that like, everybody wants to be associated with what's popping. hmm If you can go on TikTok and see people dancing to, oh, my baby, my valentine. Oh, what's
0: the song? song that's making
1: everyone groove? What's this new sound that's making everyone... And then people actually go and, you know what, like, like you said, you were playing Indian gigs without even doing
0: the songs yeah i get you yeah so the power of the internet It's the power
1: of the internet and the power of just great quality music Don't the
0: video it. the video production everything everything got considerably better bro. with the likes of sechon and everybody else stepping up the game and bro i go
1: online now and just <coughs> even before i search for music i just if there's a like a new song that comes out i'd be like okay let's see um Oxylates you reactions and you see white people reacting to this song and, like, oh, and they say all the things that they like about the song they don't know what he's saying and they'll like, oh, tell me what he's saying in the comment section but like
0: they really genuinely enjoy it there was there was one i was watching this guy he reviews more more rap related stuff and he's done, he went through the whole saga of MI and Vector. Yeah, I think I know the guy. All that kind of jazz. I remember years ago, right, I think this was Bandcamp or something. I had no idea who MI was. Again, like I said, this was the era before I became more aware about yeah. music from Nigeria. You know. And I was listening to MI. But I didn't know it was MI. And I found myself, so that this is what I'm referring to now how when the quality, no matter where, stands out. Yeah. I didn't know when I opened the messaging board and I sent him a message like, bro, your stuff is really good. Like, just as a normal conversation, because I didn't know. And then years later, I clocked. Actually, that was Emma. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, so the point being the quality of production, quality of songwriting, quality of everything, kind of. And again, I think it also boiled down to them being exposed. Facts. You know, and then taking from all of that culture... And blending it to suit. I'm
1: being, I'm being black and proud, bro. You know,
0: saying? <clears throat> That's really important, and and I'm sure like stop, and, and we stop being American, as it were. When I first moved to England, I had an American accent. Bro,
1: you all <laughs> had American accent. I remember, where. <laughs> remember like, old, I remember growing up. I would never when my mom would tell us, like, oh, we're going to like maybe family functions and. Want to make us to wear natives or Ankara? I used to always cry. You no, know, I don't want to wear this. I want to wear my... But the
0: influence <laughs> of American TV in Nigeria, so that's on the stand, All around you know? the world. Yeah. Bro, true, globally. Do you know, yeah.
1: I go older now and I listen to certain songs that I used to rap, and I'm like, I was rapping it wrong.
0: <laughs> I was rapping it wrong. So, so, you know, uh, the, so it
1: basically just says if something is good,
0: once you put out quality, it sticks. it sticks, and yeah. that's what's happening now. Like the quality level mm-hmm. has stepped up. Same thing, quality music, quality give. service, quality.
1: Well, anything you do, just make sure you do your best and you give up you know, give out quality. People would really appreciate it. But although, consistency though, you, you, yeah, well.
0: consistency. But you can't please everybody, and once once you understand that fact as well, yeah, you won't be driven by the setbacks or the Bro,
1: negativity. As a DJ, DJ I me myself, I also DJ too. So I, I clearly know that, you know. You some people everybody. who come and be like, oh, they don't like that <laughs> There are two played.
0: types of DJs. Or, well, back in the day, I said there are two types of DJs. DJ that plays for everybody and the DJ that plays for himself. Yeah. DJ that plays for himself, I think you evolve slowly into that as a DJ the longer you are. Uh, where people kind of know your style and know what you're into. They know what to
1: expect when, when, so, when yeah. it's a DJ M part.
0: And when, you, when you're comfortable with that, then you play, you know, whatever you want to play. Like, for instance, when I went um, to Bolivar yesterday, I sat down and listened to um, what was being played. And the mistake I made was I just tried to mimic that initially. And then after a while, I was because of, yes, Obi did mention, oh, this is the music place. But I was like, Obi Delicious just said, dude, just play. <laughs> play you. Bro, let me tell
1: you something. Let <laughs> me tell you something. Because you, you know, you know, we were sitting at a table and you were like a DJ boot, And you, know, you were playing at first, you were playing at first. And then I think there was a team you played. And like guys at the table said, shit, that must be empty right now. <laughs> because like, you basically just went off and you just gave like, I think back to back to back. He gives us shoes like you know the generic. You yeah. stop. I'm like, bro, and that's what it's about. That's yeah. What it's about, man, bro. It's um, to love the difference where you are. Bro, bro. We've, we've 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 been speaking for so long, like since you keep since you've been back, and you know, I really, like you know, you've inspired me, bro. You've inspired you me, friends, know, like your journey and like the, the risks <laughs> you've taken, bro.
0: Like, you oh, just like, stuck at it, Bobos. Bobos, one of our other friends, Bobos yeah. keeps saying that. Even Kaede the other day was saying that when you said you were starting this dj team, we were just looking at you like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, but you stuck to it. And and to be honest, there were times, I remember when I was 25, you know, there was a girl that I really liked and I thought, you know what, I might go and propose to this girl. It didn't work out in the end, clearly, because I'm still... (laughs) You know, she, 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 she was moving back to Nigeria and again, it was more how I felt than how she felt. There was no guarantee that if I proposed to the girl, she would say yes, but I just felt a certain way about the girl. And I felt the need that if I still wanted her in my life, you know, the next step would have been to, you know, take her seriously, yeah. you know? So I thought, you know, I'm going to quit DJing, go back to a normal nine to five. Um, take that year to kind of build up to it. And then by Christmas come to Nigeria, make my feelings known and you know, such a huge gamble by the way, Mm. stupid gamble. (laughs) But you know, when say love is blind, Um, you know. But then I had one or two conversations with a few people and they made me see that actually it wasn't the right move to do. And at that point, I then went, do you know what? I'm just literally gonna just focus on making the DJ work as a business and that was where the drive to then open my space came in and so on and so forth we had the ups and downs there were times where you know i was generating revenues of 300 400 k you know but then by the time i pay salary pay bill pay all of this nothing is coming to i'm like "Ah, where's all this money going (laughs) 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 but you learn from all of that and now it's now becomes a situation where I've now gotten to, because I kept telling, you know, Bobos is also one of my very close friends. And Bobos keep kept, kept saying, oh, come back to Lagos, see what's there, blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying that, look, until I can get my business to a point where I can disappear, come back, and the business is still where and how I left it, I'm probably not going to come back. Yeah. So for the fact that I'm here in Lagos sitting with you, that tells you what. <laughs> <There's a> certain- <laughs> I've gotten to that point. Yeah. You know so, but since um, you've
1: came back, you know, um, what have because, like you say, you've been away from Lagos for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. What, what has been the changes that you've seen? You know, positive. there things? are
0: now many, many mega plaza types yes. that <laughs> when I yes. left Lagos, they were building, they just built Mega Plaza, the yeah. first one, because I heard that burnt, burnt down at one yeah. point. Um, <clears throat> I think just an evolution, it's slow, but it's there. You know, little things, like even on the plane. Like when I left on the plane leaving Nigeria, you couldn't turn your phone on. Mm. When I was coming back, I was connected to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? so <sort> of <laughs> That's a world thing,
1: bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like... Those are just
0: the things you could
1: just remember. Remember, like, remember but yeah. the
0: point being that, again, like you said, it's a world thing. But back then, Nigeria felt so far away mm-hmm. from the rest of the world, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, at yeah. least in my opinion and in my yeah, eyes. Of course. But now it's matching up, you know, that... I would not be surprised that there are more grooves that you can go to here in these Lagos that are way better than anywhere in the world. <laughs> trust me. You know, I have had more... W- okay, no, let me not say I have had more, but I have had a comparatively uh, equal amount of fun that I have had in the co- in a few days I've been in Lagos that I could have had anywhere else yeah. where I've been in England, if it's London, if it's Liverpool, if it's wherever, Birmingham, Manchester.
1: Bro, let me let me put it into... Like, Perspective for you. I know people who like full Americans, you know, who maybe took the leap of faith to travel to Africa, you know, trying to reconnect with their roots. And they came to Lagos, they went to Accra, they went to Kenya, they went to them places, and they had so much fun that it's now something that they plan on doing. Every oh time.
0: bro, I've caught that bug. Like in <laughs> <Just>, this short for the it's what when Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Seven. Well, well, Tuesday, right? Yeah. Seven days. So in a week, <laughs> I'm already planning when next am I coming to yeah. Lagos because I get the appeal. Like, you can, at least, you know, I'd say I earn an average-ish type. The, yeah. the biggest advantage for me and what, why some of my friends in England are a bit envious is that I have control of my time more than they do. Like, for instance, I can go into nine nine-to-five, and earn considerably more than I'm earning now. But then the compromise is that my time is not mine. Whereas now, one thing I value most now, where I am, and I've valued for a long time, yeah. is control of my time. If I wake up on a Monday morning and I decide, actually, I want to stay in bed all day, I can stay in bed all day, and it doesn't affect me one bit in terms of my bills being paid, my rent being paid, car note being paid, all that being paid. Do you get know what I mean? So and that's what one thing I was working towards that I've gotten to that point, yeah. you know. But if I want more money, then it means I work twice as hard. It's, if I want, but it's a, that's a general thing. It's but, a give and take yeah. type of situation, and
1: you know, part of the, you know the beauty of you know us having conversations like this and having people listen to these conversations, whether people in the diaspora, people around the world, listening to these conversations, Nigerians, Africans, wherever they are, is. You know, as much as, you know, you go online, the internet, there's a lot of bad things to to be said about Africa. There's a lot of bad things to be said about Africa. There's still also a lot of great things.
0: No, no, people are doing, people are doing, I wouldn't just say perceptionally well. And perceptionally well, what I mean by that is, the idea of what you see on the outside looks like they're doing well. You know, it's all packaging, it's all branding. People might be struggling, but it looks like they're doing well. But people, what I would say about what I've seen is, irrespective of however bad the situation is there's still a good thing that w- that would come out of it It yeah. will still always look and feel to an extent okay. No, I agree.
1: No, I agree. I'm, I'm not going to come here and say oh move back to Nigeria move back to Africa as a matter of fact you know I'm, I'm on my way out, <laughs> out as well you know but like I'm just saying like I'm on my way out but I'm not on my way out as a result of oh Africa I'm, go- I'm going to die here things are going to like things mm. are so bad that I have to run away now. Nah, you know, well, that's my own situation. You exactly because, no, you, because you know that is,
0: you know there are you know. some people who haven't really, you know, it's not been as favourable yeah.
1: yeah, So I'm yeah. what I'm trying to say is, just life in general. Different mm-hmm. people have different experiences, and based on their experiences, they make specific decisions. You know, different mm-hmm. decisions. I'm just saying, I'm just saying for those people because I, I don't like when I travel, and people be like, oh that Africa, oh that Nigeria, no. You know, yeah. like, I'm going to leave, like, I'm planning on, like, traveling for a few years, you know, further my education, you know, being with my family and do stuff, but like, I know that genuinely I'm going to miss
0: being specific home. things. I'm yeah. going to miss the food.
1: I'm going to miss just seeing black people everywhere.
0: everywhere.
1: It you, we We on that, on that
0: that underestimate that. You don't, you, know, you, you feel comfortable. Like I said, you know, when I came back, that level of comfortability, excuse me, of being yourself
1: like you were telling me something about like the way your accent does immediately
0: change oh no it's a see it's see because my cousins would say oh change speaking for me it's involuntary yeah. if i speak to someone that has no like i don't know who that person is i have no reference point with and I spent half my life here half my life there so it's you know it's in a way it's still it's still me if that makes any sense you
1: know? we are not monolithic you know that we have different like aspects or us different we we are just like a sponge. We have different experiences, yes. and all those things become who make us who we are. And uh, not how oh, boy.
0: It, true, <laughs> a true, boy. Although I actually am more actually, to be fair, I'm more a Lagos boy ish because I spent more. I saw how old was my the first two years in Kogi, then came to Lagos. I think ninety one or 19, thereabouts. Then was in Lagos till two thousand and one. Then went to Benin boarding school till two thousand and five. Then moved to England. Oh, see. So <laughs> like people, I'm a child of the world. <laughs> people, people, people that people that people that, <laughs>
1: that listen to this pod like uh, they are tired of me because I always have of course I have people that have relationships with a lot of people from IEC and you know always. Like have conversations through backstories of things that we did in high school, how it was in high school that we will probably not do in our adult life. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but like, if there's one thing no. I can always say about like, of course, like I feel like secondary school, you know, those teenage years, like years where you really build your character mm-hmm. and like the things you learn then kind of like propel you to become the human being you become.
0: Ah, in the future. Dude, and I see. I used to say rice or guas, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I didn't have to per se, but you know, my parents, well, I say my parents, my mom was in England. My dad was very, what's the word, you know, (laughs) 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 you know, he gives you, he gives (laughs) you allocation as that when needed, you know, you have to have, it was more, no, no, it was, no, no. It was more a need than a want. So he will give you what you need as opposed to what you want. And I sold rice for what I want. <laughs> yeah. and that's part
1: of like the hustler's mentality
0: that you have now. And, like, from the what am I selling rice? now? Am I not selling rice? <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's the point I was trying to get at. Yeah, exactly. I saw. I mean, make this. Ju- I make this joke in the you know school group chat. You know, I was selling Oguas oh, rice in Icy. I'm in England. I'm still selling the same jollof rice. You so
1: know, and like, be we selling rice, bro, you guys don't understand. Hmm. The mechanics of how we sold rice in high
0: school. My cousin were day students. I'll get the driver to go to the Mamapu joint, they'll bring the rice. Then you'll now have your it's like smuggling anything, exactly. You now have the people that will smuggle past hostel gates, and the rest they now the have smell. smell. So you now have the people that would have you gonna now leave the rice in tiny hall, yes, hide it somewhere. Until the coast is clear, then you now smuggle. Guys, I sold rice too. I, just, <laughs> I just
1: sell rice for seniors. So they'll put the bag in Founder Square in the bushes.
0: Right. I'll go and
1: pick the bag. Carry it. The rice will be smelling. Think everybody. about everybody will know you're
0: think carrying. Think about rice. on hygienic that was. Yes. And but we didn't care. Uh uh-uh, uh. We didn't
1: care. Sometimes you keep the rice, you keep the rice to the
0: next day and, I'll sell and it again. And still sell it again. So wow. You know, I made money from, but my biggest competitor then was Babari. Uh, <laughs> hey, Shout out to Ray, man. Ray, Ray, to Babari, Babari was my biggest. He's making Ray. music now. Some, you know, yeah. I have, I play out some of his records when yeah. I'm DJing. He's also well. a doctor,
1: man. Like, you know, pick up a, to you, really.
0: he works for the NHS. Oh, yeah, man. You know, man
1: I'm, 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 really happy we did this. You know, I'm really happy. With
0: one, this. Uh, one lesson also that I would say that I've learned in this Lego show. Have money, oh! <laughs> if you are listening to this and you're coming back to Nigeria, if you don't have money, you will not enjoy Lagos. Um, but that's like anywhere in the world, to be money fair. Lagos, you know, Lagos you for sure. you call Miami. <laughs> <laughs> But well, like the way you like, okay, I've done back to back to back to back. That was I. I wouldn't do that in England anyway. Yeah. Not because I can't, but because physically, pff, I've partied my party days. But I came Wednesday night, Thursday night. Friday night, Saturday night, Monday night, even tonight. uh, We are contemplating Gubana, so, you know. um, But then all of that accumulates money-wise. I have definitely exceeded the budgets that I planned. And before I was coming, all my guys are telling me, come with a budget, we'll have no budget. (laughs) But there's still my days of not being sensible are gone. I'm still doing everything with incense. Oh no, bro, bro, bro. So we have wives, we have kids. I just had a flashback memory. Now the guy literally, I'll tell you off yeah. this who the guy is, but he literally just got married. I remember vividly well we were in London. Uh Te was how I got connected to these guys. And they were going to some club. And this guy, his account was zero. This guy took in his overdraft, just so he can buy bottle, all that, all that. And then the next day, he's crying. <laughs> Trust me,
1: that's niggas for you. I see that every every weekend. Every
0: it's very easy weekend. to get into that because there's always now, something to do. And
1: especially now because we we're approaching date of December. Date December. And that's
0: why I didn't come in December. huh? Yeah. I cannot make the same noise that they... <laughs> whatever you think, you, whoever whatever money you think you have, somebody always has more. Oh. So, <laughs> well, like it's just always good to
1: stay, you know, uh, you know, come back, be with be with your friends. Because, bro, like we're like family, bro. Like I tell people, like look, especially that like icy bond. Yes, man. My situation. friends I've known for like fifteen years minimum, and these are still the same people I roll with. These are still the same people I talk to every day. Mm. The same people I see. You know, I'm getting married, they are the ones that are there. My child is having a birthday. there's the like people that are there, you know. And I really appreciate my friendship, I don't think for granted, you know. Oh,
0: well, no, that network is really strong. As a result of that network, what you learn is, A, you have that network of people to, you know, potentially help you down the line. But then B, developing the skill on how to build your network, you learn from that, if that makes sense. There's a saying, you know, your network is your net worth. Yeah. Don't take that. I don't take making the connections for granted. Like all the stuff that I've done, like I've come back to Lagos, you know, even when, you know, we went out and then I kind of got left on my own and all that kind of, you know, Recognize people recognizing me and say, ah, DJ, yeah, and I'm even shocked that there are some people like, in all honesty, pff, I look at their face, I don't remember, yeah. or it's all a blur. But then the fact that people that have messaged me like, ah, oh, you made my... Uni days fun and you know, stuff like that and all that. But all of that forms your network. Because down the line, you know, you might need something or be in a position where those people can help you and you've left an impact. So your network is your net worth, really and truly.
1: Uh right, man, at this point, man, I think we've gone over one hour, man, man.
0: And we can go for hours. I mean, hour, I can man. talk for days. Even do. after this, I still going to sit down in a dish. the reason why we have to run up is because well, we have places to have be. Places yeah, to be, Shout
1: out to everyone who's been listening, bro. My podcast has really been doing amazing, you know. That's great. I've been off air for like two weeks because, you know, I I told you what I've been trying to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you know? So... I've been off air for two weeks. People have been texting, you know, doing the DMs, be like, bro, when's the next episode coming out? You know, so I really appreciate all the people that have been, you know, supporting the pod and have been, you know, liking, sharing, following. I told you, man, I'm on every, pro- probably, major stream platform. platform. Yeah. i am shouting to my Spotify family, you know, and um, Apple, um, Apple Podcast family, you know, guys continue to, you know, follow, subscribe. Once you, I think guys, guys should, you guys should, like follow on Apple Music and Spotify especially mm-hmm. because once every new episode comes out it just basically like shows us a notification on your phone so you don't even have to go in and search it just comes up the way like your Instagram post or WhatsApp post comes on so I really appreciate that I need the support bro I need the <laughs> support because you know so that we can build this community and you know I would also like guys you know come in like you know tell me things you want us to talk about discuss you know, things and also that's comment like, you know, let's let's build a community around this pod, you know, the kicking it podcast and stuff and you know continue to like, continue to share, and, and subscribe.
0: And subscribe,
1: man, you know. And many last words.
0: Although they've now coined my phrase, my phrase used to be trust the DJ. Those that know know, but now DJ Tunes came out saying he's doing T shirt. Trust the DJ. Oh, Someone hit me up and said, "Ah, is this not your thing." I'm like, yeah. That's, ironically, that's the name of my one of my companies. Yeah. So my phrase is usually trust the DJ. Yes. You know. Thank you guys. Thank you
1: guys. Thank you so much. Thank you M for really
0: coming. All bro, good, bro. Anytime, anytime. i
1: you, bro.
0: And um, it's kicking the podcast, guys.